Hi, this is Justin Norman, pastor of Knobs Baptist Church. We'd like to welcome you to the Knobs Baptist Church broadcast. We thank you for joining us and we hope that you'll stay tuned for just a few moments as we have a special song and a message from God's Word. As we recall Earth's greatest small sins, these were his words upon the cross. Forgive, forgive, what they do, they do. We must forgive, we must forgive each other too. They tried him, tried him in old Pilate's hall, but could but not find no fault at all. They placed a crown upon his head. These are the words my Savior said. Oh, why hast thou forsaken me to die upon the He cried in pain, I am accursed. The temple bell was ringing twain, was twain. They crucified the king of kings. They mocked and scourged him as they choose, they choose. And said he is king of the Jews. He bowed his head, gave up the ghost. Psalm Division 16 this morning. Psalm 16. As you find your place there in Psalm 16, we're going to just read one verse this morning. I, I'll be honest with you, I've never been the type, never been the individual to really stick to one verse necessarily. Uh, I, I like what the whole scripture says. But this one verse says it all to me. And I couldn't get away from this one verse. This one verse or this one phrase in this verse, matter of fact, which I could not escape. God has seared it upon my heart this morning to preach uh, with such a great and burning desire. And this morning I want to preach Psalm, division number 16. Look at verse number 8. Psalmist David said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. 
I love how the psalmist David said, I have set the Lord always before me. Very interesting pastor scripture. Very interesting uh, phrase in which the psalmist David says something that which uh, we may not read elsewhere throughout the scripture. And it's amazing as you begin to study this particular phrase and what the psalmist David had meant as he proclaimed his need and his action of setting the Lord before him. The word setting implies in this pastor scripture to level or to equalize or to adjust, you see. I have set the Lord always before me. We may notice in this particular phrase, this particular verse, this pastor scripture, first of all, the necessity of this very matter. For the psalmist David said, I have set the Lord always before me. One may ask this morning, why should we set the Lord before us? Is He not already before us at all times? And my friend, certainly the Bible does say that God will not leave us nor forsake us. But you see, the psalmist David did not say in this pastor scripture that the Lord is always set before him. It's one thing, you see, for God to be set before you in this walk of life at one moment in time. But you see, that is not good enough. The psalmist David said, I have set the Lord always before me. It was a continual work. It was a necessary matter for David himself to set the Lord before him always and at all times. You see, it was a labor. It was a task. It was a burden. It was a desire for him. And it was a great action of his which he had proclaimed that he had set the Lord always before him. You see, these things no doubt can be changed by our actions, our desire, our mood, our behavior. My friend, God is not always before us. Let's just be honest. Oftentimes, we don't allow Him to be before us. Somebody say amen right there. We let too many things get in the way. Certainly, God does not leave us nor forsake us. But we can change this simple fact. Though He will not leave us, if He gets out of our sight, my friend, may we, as the psalmist David said, I have set the Lord before me. I have set the Lord always, continually, repetitively before me. You see, it is our sinful nature and our sinful habit which would turn from God. You and I in our sinful and fleshly nature, we do not desire God. My friend, it takes a continual setting of God before us, you see. It's not that He's left us alone. Oh, but how many times have we turned our back on Him? Just as I preached the other Sunday, I believe without a doubt it seems as if God has let the hedge down for the United States of America. We as a nation have turned our back against Him. 
And it's about high time, my friend, that God would send such judgment our way. I believe it's not only happening here in the United States, but it's also happening all across the world today. People there turn their back on God. He's not went nowhere. My friend, I believe we ought to be just as David was and say, I've set the Lord always before me. I want Him right in front of me. I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all bear with me. It's a necessity, this matter is, that we continually set God before us. If we are left to our own flesh and its devices, my friend, we wouldn't have God setting before us, would we? If it was up to you and your selfish ways, you'd just be honest this morning. You wouldn't be sitting here in this hot parking lot listening to the preaching of the Word of God this morning, would you? Willie's honest. We'd be in the bed. We'd be sitting at the house in air conditioning, taking it easy. But my friend, this morning, you decided within yourself to set the Lord before you. Wasn't going to let anything else get in the way of it. How many people this morning have decided to set everything else before God? They'd rather set the ball game before them. They'd, let her, they'd rather set their workplace before them. They would rather let everything under the sun be before them instead of God. We wonder why we have such hard times in these trials and tribulations which we endure in this walk of life. David saw it. It was a great necessity. This matter was. For David had went through some hard things in this walk of life. He said, I have set the Lord always before me. Because He's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I want Him right there. Sister Kathy, I thought she was going to preach for me this morning. Boy, she was running well. I mean, she got right up in the biscuits this morning. Right up in the message. Boy, I tell you what, we oftentimes let the things of the world get before us and in the way, don't we? Yeah. We let things trouble us and get us down. We let these things hinder us in this walk of life. But my friend, these things can be changed. David's will and his actions had much to do with setting the Lord before him. God wanted to be there. You can be sure that Christ wants to be forefront in the center, right in front of you in your walk of life. He wants to lead you along the way. But it's going to take you putting Him there. Letting Him be first, foremost, up front, and set before you in this walk of life. It takes some work on our part. He's a, he's a nice and perfect gentleman. He's not just going to slip right up there where he needs to be. He's going to let you allow him to get there. Oftentimes we have a hard time setting him there where he needs to be. For to do so, it takes great will, desire, and it takes great action. 
I began to think of how the one that shoots archery, that one that does archery, they grab their bow and their arrow and they draw back and they have their anchor point, Brother Tony. They're focused on the target, whether it be a, a live animal, whether it be a target that they're shooting. And they draw back and they get anchored in. And it's always in the same spot. I was always taught when we shot a bow, Brother Jason, you always anchor up about the same spot. You want to be consistent in how you shoot. You draw back and you anchor in that same spot. I always loved, I always loved putting my middle finger on the trigger and my index finger behind my ear. That was just comfortable for me. And that's how I always done it. I never was good at bow, and that might be why. Never was good at shooting a bow. You think about someone that shoots a rifle or a pistol. Boy, I used to love shooting a rifle. I used to love trying to shoot just as far as I could. It's hard to find a place to shoot real far around here. Boy, I'd love to take my rifle and work up some loads, and I would uh, go to some place out in a pasture somewhere, and we'd set up targets. I'd set up little targets. Nothing big, little stuff. I learned real quick, Willie. I learned real quick that a lot of the accuracy is obtained throughout shooting these rifles. It's repetitive. You have to be consistent. Even down to your breathing and how you breathe when you're sitting over this rifle. To be accurate, to be consistent. And months and months of shooting and spending hundreds of dollars on ammunition, you come to find out that you can be accurate as you practice and you learn even how to breathe when you target shoot. I would always take a breath, a deep breath, and I would exhale. And as I exhaled, I would hold that exhale just as long as I could and I would squeeze the trigger. And I found out where my trigger would break or when my gun would go off. You'd shoot so many times you knew when that gun was about to fire. I could put my crosshairs on a target and whether that target be six or seven hundred yards and it seemed as if my crosshairs would cover that target. Just a little bit of breathing or maybe a heartbeat and that crosshair would wiggle just a little bit over that target. It took a lot of focus. It took a lot of practice. It took a lot of understanding how I should shoot. Understanding the atmosphere. All the variables that are around us to be accurate and focused on the target that is before you. Y'all catch that? There's so many variables round about us that can change the outcome. If the wind was to change directions and blow another way, it wouldn't take much of a wind to blow that shot in the other direction several inches. The same way in this walk of life. It seems like just the slightest breeze can get us off course. David said, I have set the Lord always before me. Remember this word setting. It means an equalizing, a leveling, or an adjusting. 
as I would shoot and I would shoulder that rifle. I don't know how many times in one session of shooting, maybe 15 or 20 rounds, or trying to shoot several groups, I would put that crosshair on the target. And as I would begin to squeeze the trigger, I knew exactly when that trigger would break and I could stop myself. And I would move that crosshair off the target and I would put it back on to make sure that I was aiming where I wanted to aim. My brother said, you're the slowest shooter I've ever seen. That's the way I want it to be. I could never shoot no competition. Tony, where I aim, that's where I want to hit. Some of y'all that have done uh, the same thing with a rifle or, or with a bow, uh, it seems like oftentimes that crosshair or that pin would cover up the target and you find yourself moving it out of the way and putting it right back. Trying to get aiming exactly where you need to aim. That's what David said. I've set the Lord always before me. Always meaning continually. He is constantly, when he found his crosshairs had come off target, he was bringing it right back. When the winds of life had changed, he found he needed to make an adjustment, he found himself right back on target. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, there's things in this life that can knock us off target uh, and get us out of the way. But my friend, we must be just like David said. I have set the Lord always before me. It's a continual thing to do. It's a necessity. If I as a shooter expected to be accurate, I must be consistent in maintaining my adjustments. We see it's a necessity in order for one to be accurate, for one to be straight and true. You want to come through this life of trials and tribulations and be successful in your Christian walk of life. You must be just as David. I've set the Lord always before me. Continually lining up. Kathy, there's days I don't feel like I'm lined up. That's just a fact of the matter. I can get up in the morning and ask my wife, I was just in an ill mood yesterday. <laughs> she agreed with that. I wasn't lined up, Brother Allen. I hadn't set the Lord before me. I learned a pretty good lesson with this pastor's scripture. If it wasn't for nobody else, it was for me. Just because he was in my crosshairs one day don't mean he's in them right now. One time is not enough. Just like going back to that example of shooting. If that crosshair is not where I intend to hit, at the moment that my trigger breaks and that rifle fires, I will miss my target. And it could take the smallest things in this walk of life to get us off target, which is Jesus. I want to set the Lord before me all time, always, continually. We see this matter is a necessity in this Christian walk of life. To maintain focus, our aim, and see pure and right results. 
Not only do we see the necessity of the matter, but we see the sensitivity of the matter as well. David knew that many things could hinder or block him and his point of view with Christ, with his Lord. He knew that a lot of things would get in the way. I love this phrase. It sticks out to me. This word setting. Remember, what does it mean? It means to level up, to equalize, or to adjust. Oftentimes we see this very action, this setting, being done, and it's used in the sense of one of man's senses. By his sight, by his feel, by touch. We see not only the necessity of this matter, but it's amazing how we see the sensitivity of this matter. I've done some grading at my house as we put up a metal building. And you know water is one of the most powerful things on this earth. Just a little bit of rainfall. You must consider when you're grading some property which way the water may flow to have good and proper drainage. Eyeballing it don't cut it. I'll tell you that right now. My daddy's been to my house twice and he's going to have to come over there a third time to do some more grading. A lot of times people will take what they call a transit. Nowadays they have a laser transit. They set that thing up. They can walk out there. It's just electronic anymore. I remember looking through the old one. It looked like a little scope with a little crosshair in it. And you stand out there with that measuring stick. And you can read the grade of that piece of land. A lot of people use tools like that to level something up, to adjust a property. To get proper drainage in an area. We use more sophisticated tools that God has given us, don't we? How about these hands? To level and to adjust. A lot of these things are done by man's senses. You can look at something and see that it's not level. You can look, and look at something and tell that something's not right. Things of that nature. But oftentimes, as we see the sensitivity of this matter in setting the Lord before us, things will hinder and get in the way. A photographer will look at a landscape or a scene and they'll take their hands and they'll frame it out. They want to get a sense or a feel, a gist of what that picture would look like. By blocking the things around it that don't matter. Somebody say amen right there. Boy, they take their hand and they will crop that picture out. I want to get a picture of that Chevy truck right there. And I'll take my hand and I'll block everything else out of it. Boy, that would be a pretty picture. That photographer will crop out that scene and get rid of maybe the roadway in such a majestic mountain view. You think about in your vehicles this, this morning coming to church. Maybe you was coming down the highway and the sun was in your eyes. What did you do? 
You flip that visor down, and when that visor's not enough, you throw that hand up just out of instinct to block the sun's rays. Boy, it's important when you're going down the road and that five and six thousand pound vehicle that you better pay attention, ain't it? A lot of people will throw that hand up and try to block the sun that may be in their eyes. Hallelujah. David realized the sensitivity of this matter in order to keep the Lord set before him at all times. He must block out any opposition. I believe spiritually what David was saying is he was leveling, he was adjusting, he was equalizing. He seen the things around him that didn't matter. So he put his blinders on so he'd keep his focus set on Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, our hands are some great tools. But our hearts and our minds and the spirit of man is a great tool as well to block out the things around us that just do not matter. We see the sensitivity of this matter. How about even as a... Me and Brother White was talking about baseball. He had his Mariners hat on. I watched the White Sox last night. Boy, it was getting good. I was getting excited. I couldn't go to sleep. Diane fell asleep on me. I wanted to see a picture that was just interesting for me to watch. Liam Hendricks, he was a closing pitcher for the White Sox last night. I knew the way the game was going. Tony was going to put him in. Liam gets out there. I told Diane, he pitches like he's mad. I don't know what they give him for. He goes out on the field, but they probably give him something illegal. But he gets out there and he's mad. He looks like a bulldog. He comes out there and he stares that pitcher. He stares that batter down, that plate down. He winds up and he throws that ball. And everything he throws is a fastball. I mean, he throws it right down the middle. And I know with his attitude, I can only imagine as he looks across that home plate and he looks at that catcher. He decides in his heart and in his mind he's getting rid of that batter. That batter don't bother, they don't bother him. That batter doesn't keep him from doing his job. He's going to throw that ball the best he can. And just as every pitcher in the MLB, they get out there, boy, they decide what they're going to throw. They take their good stare down toward home plate. They wind up and they throw that ball. And the last thing they want to think about is that batter hitting that ball. He'll zone those things out. His job, his duty is to get that ball over home plate, get that umpire to call strike. And he's done his job. That batter don't matter to him. He needs to be out there doing his job. Hallelujah. I tell you what, it seems like life is full of obstacles just as that. We have a job and a calling to do. And my friend, we must ignore, ignore these things that are around us that hinder us 
and keep us from doing this job and doing it well. Keeping our focus straight and sharp where it needs to be. As David said, I've set the Lord always before me. That's what we must do. We see that this matter is a necessity. We see that this matter is sensitive. We see the sensitivity of this matter, but we also see the capability of it. And I'll be through. I know I've been long-winded this morning. David said, he set the Lord always before him. And he knew if God be for him, who could be against him? If I set the Lord before me always, continually, it's a continual job. I must keep Him before me. Because I myself will want to stray. David knew there was great benefits of having God before him. David saw many a battle. Boy, he was a man of war. He saw many a battle won because he had set the Lord always before him. Without the Lord being before him, David knew without a doubt that his life would have been much different and more difficult. For you see, man's eye, and what he keeps before him, that is what shapes a man. What you keep your focus on is what develops you and makes you who you are. You don't believe me? Even before textbooks were made, I know a lot of people may not believe in cavemen. It's not a matter of believing it or not. If they find hieroglyphics inside of a cave on a wall, those drawings were there for a reason. They wasn't textbooks back then. They drew pictures to relay a story, to teach or to train. They would draw a picture. Before textbooks even came out, many people learned by sight what they were shown to do. Even youngins nowadays, children's books, have very few words, may not even have words at all. It's just pictures. But these pictures will relay a story or a message to the child. My friend, you are no exception. For man's eye, my friend, man's eye will shape him. David said, I have set the Lord always before me. I don't want nothing else before me. I don't want to be looking at anything else, but I want my eye on Him. I want Him to shape me. David knew the capability of the matter, what it could do to his life and for him. And in these trying days and these trying times, my friend, you keep God in your sight, you stay right there behind Him and follow Him closely and you can mark it down, honey. He will keep you and protect you and guide you through these trying times. 
I seen a post and I'll be done. I seen a post and a friend of mine had posted on Facebook some time ago. It was some kind of memory or whatever. I'm not good on Facebook. I might get on there about two minutes a day. Click on it. I'll scroll through it until I'm about sick of scrolling and I'll cut it off. And last night after I studied, literally after I got done studying, last night thought I had it all. And I was scrolling through there and Drew Hawkum had a memory, a post that he had made last year. He was sitting in his truck behind of one of them cars, them trucks, them flagmen, them lead cars going through a construction zone. And on the back of that truck was a sign said lead car or something like that. said lead car, follow me. Drew made a comment. He said, I don't know where I'm going, but the one in front of me does. I'll just keep following him. That lead car can be in front of us in these construction zones. Lord knows we got a blue billion of them in North Carolina. I don't know if they'll ever get done. Did you pull up? You see that flagman, he stopped, he's telling you stop. And that lead car pulls up that truck with all the lights and he's got a sign on the back that says, follow me. He takes off whether you're ready to go or not. It's time to go. He takes off. It'd be of your best interest as you're driving to follow him. If you don't want to run off in some hole or want run off some bridge that they've tore down, It'd be of our best interest to go ahead and follow that lead car. Ain't that right? I don't know which route he's going to take. I don't know exactly where he's going to go. But I'm going to trust him because he said follow me. And we take off behind him. David said, I have set the Lord always before me. He's been the lead car. It ain't time for me to veer off and go my own way. I think I'm just going to keep him right there in the lead. Don't you, Brother Allen? It's of our best interest. That's what he wants for us. It's best for us. My friend, if you ain't following him this morning, it'd be of your best interest too. There's some trying times ahead we're going through them right now. And I don't know if I'd want to go through this construction zone of life the way things are right now without following Him. you got a need this morning. I ask you to come. I'd love to pray with you. We can make this place an altar. Either way, it's about time. High time for God's people. Do just as David said and set the Lord always before us. you got a need this morning. I ask you to come. Would you come?